Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Ready, Craig? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode number eight. I'm saying that confidently, but I'm not confident that's right. Of podcast <laughs> versus everyone. This is this is the high quality broadcasting you come to expect from us. We can't we we pretend we're like experts on like analytics and stuff, and we can't we're not sure how high we can count. It's either that or the beer talking one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I it's 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 funny because uh, uh, I haven't even introduced us yet, so I'll say I'm Craig Powers. I'm with Jeff. By the way, this is episode eight. It is episode eight. I don't think I even thought we would make it this far. That's why I just I've lost count. We've we've gone so high that I we've already exceeded lost. our low expectations. Yeah, it's we truly have in in many ways. Um, yeah, so um, we're here again. Uh, we got some football to talk about today. Some politics to, politics to talk about today. Politalk. Ooh, someone's Pol-talk. definitely used someone's definitely used that before. Um, it has to have. It has to have. <laughs> um, we got some. I, I'm calling it basketball this week. Uh, it's it's basketball. Uh, the the yeah. team Ernie Kent coaches is called basketball. Um, I see what you did there. Yep. Yeah. And, and then uh, uh, after that, we'll get into you know our typical uh, pop culture. We have some sad shit to talk about this week, especially for '90s folk. And then uh, yeah. We'll, Talk about our kids, hopefully liven it up a little bit, and then we're going to send you on your way. But first off, as always, we'll start with beer. Jeff, what have you been drinking this week? You're not going to believe this. I'm having a beer right now. What? I know, right? That's insane. I'm absolutely having a beer right now. In fact, I just uploaded it to Untapped and tag you. Episode eight, first time. Yeah, this is this is a first for uh, for podcast versus everyone. So uh, I didn't have any beer over the weekend, Ooh, I and just, I thought, okay, I just got the notification on Untapped. So there we go. It, it'll spoil it for me. Yeah. So this is uh, yeah, like I said, I, I didn't have any beer over the weekend because I had we had a crazy weekend. We could talk about that during the during the parenting section, but um, at any rate, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have my beer tonight. So I have. Uh, a beer from one uh, a beer from a brewery it's a collaboration beer but the the main brewery um brews one of my favorite IPAs so uh Belching Beaver does a uh an IPA with uh that's branded with the Deftones uh called Phantom Bride and it's it's one of my favorites Talking about the fresh. 90s. It's awesome yeah this is and, a 90s episode dude i'm a child of the 90s i know I, you're I, uh, I you're a little younger than me but, but I mean, I, I I came I came into age in the '90s. So. That is true. That is true. So this one is uh, this is their Tooth and Tail, which is a, a double dry hopped hazy IPA, um, and it is right up my alley. It's fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's hoppy and yet still um, citrusy. There's a little bit of pineapple going on there. Um, so it is, uh, it is excellent. And I, I don't know what Gardner Minshew rating I would give it because we're kind of running. It's weird. I feel like we're running out of Gardner Minshew moments. Okay. So uh, I have, I have one and I, and I, this week for my beer and, and I think, okay, 
we can retire it after that and then we can okay. move on to a new rating system. Okay. So let's go with uh, this is Gardner Minshew pinning a sideways mustache on Mike Leach. Beautiful. Um, down there. It's uh like I said, it's uh it's a little hoppy, a little funky, uh, but but still, you know, kind of smooth the way he smoothly slid in there and just kinda slapped it on Leach's face and he gets a surprise look, kinda like me when I finally get to have a beer after a week. Yeah, that's you know, it's crazy. Uh we've been doing this podcast now for two months. And I think the first podcast I said that you, if you're, if you're, you better be drinking if you're doing a podcast. And you have not been this entire time, but I haven't been. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So. But I am now. Yeah, Belgian Beaver. I'm looking at this beer. Uh, it's a collaboration. The collaboration brewery is yeah. Coronado Brewing Company, which actually is kind of it's it's an old school brewery. Uh, kind of one of the more famous breweries back in the day. Uh, now all their stuff tastes not good. Like the palate, the, your, most people's tastes have changed. Um, they haven't sure. stayed super relevant. I, I'm actually, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if like their market share has dipped considerably. Um, uh, Coronado itself is a beautiful place in San Diego. It's, it's an island uh, just next to San Diego um, where it has a very famous hotel and, uh, and also a, a naval base. Um, so it's it's a cool little island. Um, uh, I've actually visited the Coronado uh, facility, uh, the pub there, and we had some food and some eh, beer. Uh, but this is good. This is probably one of the more relevant things they've done in in years. Um, so good for them. Belching Beaver, one of the worst names of any brewery I've ever heard. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, speaking of bad names, so or good names depends on your perspective. Uh, there's a brewery this week that. For the first time, dropped some beer in Washington. Um, they're out of. Um, they're they're out of. I'm gonna Jeff. I'm gonna send you on the message what they're called, and I want you to read it. Uh, they're out okay. of Ohio, and I want you to read uh, read it out loud. Can you see it? Hoof hearted. Yep. Hoof hearted. Now, now say it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We are so. In case anybody was wondering, we are in fact 16 years old, <laughs> and uh, not like 42 and 30 or whatever you are. 32, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Who farted? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're actually uh, they they make they've made some very popular beers that people trade for and all that stuff. And their name is just ridiculous. But if you ever see their can art and kind of they don't take themselves seriously in any way whatsoever. Um, obviously you can't with a name like that. Um, so it's spelled for our listeners, uh, H O O F hoof space yep. hearted. Um, um, and so it's, it, but if you say it quickly, it's hoof hearted. Um, so yes. yeah, uh, beer is for adults. Um, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, that kind of leads me into my beer. Um, um, I had planned to drink a clean, crisp Freem Pilsner, what they just started canning. Um, it's been around a long time, but they just started canning it, um, and they just started distributing those uh, this last week. But uh, I had a um, someone on Twitter ping me uh, about um, a very interesting beer, and I'll get that into the second. Um, so, uh, uh, so that that beer is uh, it's out of a a brewery that I'd never heard of called Smart Mouth um, in Virginia. Um, it, it the the can it's called um, Saturday Morning. This is not what I'm drinking. I'm just t- 
telling you. Um, so that beer um, has uh, label art that looks like uh, Lucky Charms, and then it's a marshmallow IPA. Um, so uh, to kind of lead into talking about that, um, I instead want to go with a more uh, a beer that kind of is part of the lineage of this marshmallow breakfast cereal looking IPA. So um, that IPA is kind of the convergence of a couple trends. And one of them is, uh, is uh, the, the kind of pastry beers that have coming out. Um, so uh, pastry stout is a, is a term that was coined by a, a beer blogger I've mentioned many times called Don't Drink Beer. Um, and it, it, it was a pejorative at first, and now brewers have embraced it. And so you've seen these stouts, especially uh, um, in Florida uh, and, um, and in uh, uh, various other places. But is it, the, the, you've seen that amped up like vanilla and sugary flavors in the stouts. Um, I tried a stout from a, a, a brewery called Side Project, but they have this other brand called Shared. And it was a, called Coconut Vibes this weekend. And it was just insanely sweet coconut. It was delicious, but it was like, I like it. It was it. Was, it tastes like a, a toasted coconut chocolate. Like it was crazy. Um, so what I'm drinking today is not quite at that level of sweetness and ridiculousness, but it is a kind of like on that level of of they just jam this thing full of of um, adjuncts. We call them is um from a local brewery in Tacoma uh, called Narrows. Um, which um, I'll talk about a little bit in a second because they've been doing a lot of good things. Um, it's called Gloom, and it's an imperial stout um, aged on cacao nibs and uh, vanilla. And I'll tell you, there is a lot of cacao nibs in this. This thing tastes straight up like dark chocolate. Like This is the trend of beers tasting like the things that they say they're in them. Um, before, like, <laughs> well, weird. Well, it's it's a good thing or bad thing. So kind of um, this there's been this long brewing ethos that kind of originated in Belgium. Is like if you're putting something in the beer, um, it shouldn't be like the feature. It should just be like you you shouldn't notice it too much in the beer. And there's breweries and so a long time. So if a brewery would say they put vanilla like a vanilla in a stout, it would just be a little vanilla. It kind of gave it a little kind of um, Maybe it just give it a, a, a little bit of a, of a hint of vanilla that kind of uh, works with the, the flavors of, of the malt. But now it now it's uh, you put so much of the stuff in there that it clogs you. <laughs> you're, you're like scraping it out of the mash tun. It's like it's just sludge and, and all this stuff. So, but this beer definitely has a lot in there. I've heard, I've heard reports of like just hunks of cacao nibs, but that's that's a uh, um, or cocoa nibs. Sorry. Um, but, but they, uh, but they, um, uh, uh, this beer definitely like it delivers on the cocoa. There's not a ton of vanilla. Vanilla is super expensive. So, um, those super vanilla forward beers are ex- very expensive to make. So I wouldn't, I mean, this beer isn't cheap. It's like eight bucks for a 60 ounce can. So it's not, not cheap beers, so, but definitely, but, but to build a 12% stout is expensive. So, um, it, it's a justifiable, uh, price. Um, but, but yeah, so this, it's, it's good. It's good too. It's, it's, it's very, it's like sticky. I, um, I, I, I poured it for, uh, for my, my weekly Twitter pick to tease the podcast and, uh, the, uh, the head of it went out of control and spilled over the side and got on my, uh, little cheap carpet I have in our guest room. Um, uh, and, uh, 
and the side the the glass is just sticky now <laughs> like it's such a sticky beer and so i think it definitely qual- qualifies as a pastry stout um you don't you don't um you'll, you'll see them go much more extreme than this um especially with the middle all that really gives it the pastry flavor um but then you've seen this trend happen also in ipas and so ipas uh typically obviously like originally were uh or like I'll say West Coast IPAs from the early 2000s were like clean and, and crisp and bitter on the back end. And then they got kind of more progressively bitter as we got towards 2010. And then in the early 2010s, you saw this these uh, softer IPAs come out uh, where they were more uh, focused on late edition hops, dry hopping, um, less bitter. And then you, you hit this uh, New England style IPA where it's hazy, that exactly what you're talking about, probably low bitterness. Um, that's probably what you like about it, the soft mouth feel, because they're kind of, kind yep. of fluffy. Um, you know, it's a lot of dry hopping, so the aroma is huge on it. Uh, that, that's kind of, that's what you're looking for. Some of these beers, they don't even add boiling, like they don't even add hops to the boil, so there's no bitterness whatsoever. Um, and that's what we're talking about. So, so then uh, you saw um, kind of the convergence of the pastry and the IPA, this hazy IPA, the New England style IPA was a, a Tired Hands uh, brewery in Pennsylvania got really famous for making these milkshake IPAs uh, where they just uh, took an IPA, their IPA base, like a hazy IPA base, like a double IPA was like 8%. So it had a little bit of sweetness from the malt already. And then they put lactose in it um, to kind of give it a different, like a milky body. That's not new. Uh, milk stouts and cream ales, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, but they to put an IPA was new, and then they add like triple vanilla or uh, blueberry or or you know uh, raspberry or whatever. And so they raspberry milkshake, strawberry milkshake, blueberry milkshake, whatever different IPA milkshake IPAs. And we've seen that come to. Um, I know you've had some from Skookum, Jeff. Uh, yep. They make some milkshake IPAs. Um, Three Magnets yep. makes some milkshake IPAs, but actually their head brewer Jeff is lactose intolerant, so. Theirs do not actually have any milk, lactose in them. Uh, so they're more of, they've done a, a series with um, um, a local burger place called Big Tom's that, uh, so they, they emulate their like milkshake of the month and they'll make like, you know, orange cream sickle or whatever. So those put, so th- you've seen this trend where they've now been sweetening IPAs with like fruits and vanilla and, and, and whatever you can find. And then uh, what blew up this week what and then I so the other trend I I talked about last week when I was talking about um taking these like intellectual properties from the 90s and 80s and putting them on beers and glassware and selling them like uh, just kind of appealing to people's nostalgia. Well, you saw these two uh, trends: this nostalgia trend and this pastry trend converge this week. Uh, this brewery called Smart Mouth Brewing in Virginia, and that's like, like I said, Saturday mornings. The label looks like Lucky Charms. And what it is is an IPA um, with toasted marshmallow that they toasted themselves, they said, and then they added um, dehydrated marshmallow. So similar to the marshmallows that you see in Lucky Charms, which is a, a great cereal, by the way. I fucking love it. I don't care. I am actually 33, Jeff, and I will totally feel smacked <laughs> Lucky Charms. Um, My kids love it because it's gluten-free and they can actually eat it. What What are the little... Uh, Chart. What what is what is it made out of? How's it? Gluten? I don't know. I don't know. But it's gluten free, and my kids love that. So, our listeners don't know this. Craig does, but my wife and and two of my kids have celiac disease. So, 
there you go. Sorry, don't didn't mean to interrupt. Go continue. No, 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 no. It's a good interjection. But yeah, so you saw this convergence, and you saw reports of uh, someone sold it on eBay for four hundred and fifty dollars for a four pack, and all this stuff. So there's like it's like this max, which I don't I don't really believe that 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 happened, but because um, I've seen it be sold for like fifty dollars a can places and stuff but sometimes you can snatch that like initial wave of hype around a beer and i guess people waited a long time for it um the brewery itself says like it's not supposed to taste like breakfast cereal it's just like the marshmallow and that's like so it um it hasn't gotten like the greatest reviews on untapped especially for a beer with that much hype around it um i the hype might have worked against them actually people might have wanted a beer that tastes like lucky charms which is really freaking weird i don't know why you would want that but um but yeah so they're there that this beer is right along this is convergence of this pastry uh kind of trend and the convergence of this uh nostalgia trend and then you have it blown up i've seen multiple like national news articles about this and good for the brewery hopefully it you know does some good things for them um the the those those ipas are, aren't my favorite <laughs> they tend to give me a gut ache from being so sweet but um but yeah, so uh, this gloom beer. Um, so just in the, this is more about pastry stouts and these this trend in general. And so what I was thinking of is, and this is why, and I think you'll understand why this is the the um, the um, um, kind of the topper of the Gardner Mitchell rating scale, because um, between the two of us, we've had 16. Like I think that's enough. Um, but uh, uh, this is Gardner Minshew, um Working with the uh, what do you call the lap band? Um, yeah, yeah. In, in his nothing but his jock strap in the locker yeah. room because this is Some just naked, like, couple nakeds in there. Because that's just that's the that is the pinnacle of don't give a fuck, and these pastry stouts are the pinnacle of not giving a fuck. You, oh, what 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 is like traditional brewing standards? Screw that. We're throwing marshmallows into and like we're putting so many cocoa nibs into the beer that it's like chunks are coming no yeah who cares like it tastes like chocolate like we want it to we don't want it to taste like beer we want it to taste like chocolate and i and i think this is and the, this narrows beer is a very good beer and narrows has been doing a lot of a lot of great i've heard a lot of uh, hype in the seattle area about this beer too and um narrows has been doing a lot of really good things uh really good um hazy ipas uh they, they've totally if you went to narrows in the past um it's completely different like if you haven't went there in the last year and a half uh it's completely different they got a new head brewer um new assistant brewers um and they are crushing it and they're doing a great job um so i highly recommend this i uh here has been put into uh some whiskey barrels as well so we'll have some barrel age gloom um out in a year or so so i'm stoked on that but um so yeah gardner Minshew. Uh, pastry stout, don't give a fuck. Ha- have your dick hanging out, whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you do what you want. You do what you want. That's 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 what pastry stouts are about. You do what you that's want. Right. Do yeah. what you want. So yeah, that was my uh, that was my long uh, beer thing. Um, that's good. You want to hear something funny? Yes. So I have a gloom in my fridge, and I almost drank it tonight. Ooh, we could have been twinsies. I know, almost, but yeah, I picked the IPA instead. 
Yeah, and you know, I definitely had to work extra hard at the gym tonight to earn the calories for this twelve uh, percent <laughs> stout. But like I said, I have a, a sidecar beer because um, I think I'm just gonna need to kind of cleanse my. Because <laughs> um, like it's just like I, midway I'm, through, I'm about halfway through the the can <laughs> now. I, I poured into a glass, of course, but I'm about halfway through the can, and it's just like laying on my tongue, like. <laughs> and like it's 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 like making just like like i'm like appropriate for the name though right oh yeah like you expect something called gloom to just sort of like hang around Mm -hmm. and be kind of like heavy on you and just like you know like like that works yeah i feel like i need to brush my teeth but (laughs) i will power through because i make the rest of the beer really gross but um that'd be disgusting but yeah, um, so uh, well, we've talked about our beers, and Jeff drank a beer. So um, if Jeff's a little feistier this week, we'll know why. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, now we'll uh, move on to talk a little bit about um, spring football. Like I said, we're going to be doing a series on spring football all the way through spring football. Right now we're previewing a few key positions. And today, since I had less time to prepare, we are doing the quarterback position. Um, Jeff. Quarterbacks. We have talked about this on earlier podcasts, but now Gage Gabrud is in the fold. So I think our quarterback roster is pretty set going forward. Um, Jeff, what, what kind of what are you looking for this spring out of the QBs? Yeah, you know, I'll be looking for, you know, it's so um, I, I don't trust a lot of the reporting that goes on around spring practices. So once we once we get there and they start talking about, you know, this guy or that guy is completing a bunch of passes or whatever, um, you know, I'm less interested in that. Um, I, you know, one thing I'm interested in is reps, but we but we know in the spring they tend to split them pretty evenly. Yep. Um, you know, fans like to place a lot of um uh, uh, like like they like to try to read a lot into spring practices and you know my sense from from following it you know with Mike Leach over the last you know however many years is that he doesn't quite take it quite as seriously as, or doesn't read as much into it as fans do i think that um it's it's seen as a time to get better um not as a time to try and figure out who's going to be the starter you know right. because for them you know, it's a thing that we see, you know, out in front because, um, you know, it's it, everything else they do in the off season is not, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of fan facing, right? So they're lifting, they're conditioning, they are, um, you know, whatever, eating 8,000 calories a day so they can gain weight, you know, whatever. I mean, they're doing these things. Um, and those are all things that we don't see. And and so spring practices are one of those things that we can actually see. Um, the crimson and gray game is a, some is, is a thing we can actually see. And so we tend to, I think, read a lot into it because of that. But my sense from, you know, just sort of watching and, and following is that the coaching staff doesn't even remotely treat it that way, that they use it as an opportunity to give guys reps to kind of um, see what they can get better at. Um, you know, as far as the quarterbacks go, they tend to distribute things maybe a little more evenly. Um, they're just, they're not interested in making a decision right now, which is a thing that we obviously are interested in, right? Like, right. I mean, you know, a month and a half from now, we're going to want to know, is Gage Gabrud going to be the guy or is it going to be, you know, who's winning the race right now? And I'm not even sure that the coaches look at it that way. Yeah. Um, 
But um, I will also say uh, one thing that uh, maybe would be valid for us to observe is uh, maybe the handle that uh, Gabrud compared to some of the other guys that have been in the program a couple years have on yeah. the offense because um, uh, has on the offense. So um, we I, I'll never forget, like watching Tyler Brugman in, in that first spring game, just whiz it like just chucking the ball as hard as he can like over missing routes like just like totally amped up and just didn't look like he had any clue what he's doing and Gabrud has that but he's um but but he's but he's uh but he but he's only got one year this is his one year um so it'll be interesting and he ran you know uh there there's there's definitely some similar concepts of the eastern offense but he didn't run like a true there's no air raid like Leach's air raid at this point. No, <laughs> like, but he certainly doesn't have that pedigree that Minshew had that we we didn't even realize he had at first. Like, of you know, running that offense in middle school and just being obsessed with it for years and having like a dream of playing for Mike Leach and all that. You know, yeah. Uh, but and I don't think any of that's true for Gabrud. But but uh, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of um, come. April 20th, uh, what, uh, you know, what it looks like, you know, uh, how, cause we, 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 I think we know what we're going to get from Tinsley and Gordon and we yeah. don't, I, I, the, the wild card in there, of course, is Cooper. Um, but honestly, if they thought, uh, dogs are back and, but I, I think if, if, if they thought that, um, Cooper was that far along, um, I don't think they would have reached out for, went and looked for another grad transfer. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with that and um, definitely agree on the Brugman thing. I mean, we were sitting next to each other, <laughs> you yeah. know, during that game. And we were just like, what the fuck, man? This is terrible, you know? It's like, he's so bad. Like, like he's not even close. Like, he, like he, like he's standing around back there and he can't even – I mean, it was just clear, like, watching him that he couldn't um, really identify what was happening in front of him and that he was yeah. just sort of a total mess. And so, um, yeah, I think that that is definitely something that we can see from that. Um, you know, I've said before that um, I feel like, you know, I'd be comfortable with Tinsley being the quarterback. Um, yeah. But I will say this, that, that you know, we don't really know. Like when I watched him in the spring game last year and same thing with Gordon. I mean, Gordon. And again, I you know, I could be totally wrong about this because I'm just going off my recollection. But it seemed like Gordon was a little more uh, seemed like the arm was a little better, seemed like the throws were a little less consistent. Uh, Tinsley seemed very accurate. I I think I remember that he threw to Kyle Sweet about a hundred times, um, yeah. which you know to me was sort of like a eh, you know that's not necessarily a good thing um, if you're if you're constantly just kind of throwing that that little you know intermediate um, thing. And so you know it 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 got to a point where I kind of thought okay you know so so he looks like he has command. He looks like he knows where he can go with the ball. Um, you know, the things you don't see in a spring game are, you know, can he, you know, do things with the ball to push the ball down the field? Can he do things with the ball to, um, you know, really make really threaten all parts of the field against uh, against a, you know, Pac-12 level defense? Um, those are all things that we can't, you know, that we can't see in a spring game. Right. We know that Gabrud can do that, you know, yep. because we've seen him do it. So. Um, so I think what it really comes down to for me is, you know, when, when the spring game happens, you know, does he look like he's got a handle? Does he look like, um, 
you know, that he's he's making fairly quick decisions. I don't expect that it'll be super smooth. And again, just sort yeah. of keeping in mind the way the coaching staff's going to look at it, which is a process. The guy's got to get better. Um, this is a, a chance to, you know, to grow and to, to see some action against, you know, some live defense um, where people are hitting. And, you know, just kind of seeing like, you know, do, does he look, you know, like he's progressing as we would hope someone should, um, or does he look like a, you know, like, a like, like Tyler Brugman, you know, and, um, as long as he looks like he's progressing to me, you know, I think that's fine. I think it's huge that he's here, uh, for this whole semester, you know, to be around the guys and and to lift and, and condition and, um, all the things that, um, you know, that everybody else is being there for midnight maneuvers, which they're doing right now. Um, you know, all those things are really good, you know, from just from a leadership perspective and, um, you know, from a getting familiar perspective. So yeah, that's kind of what I'll be looking for is, you know, who looks you know, and maybe Cooper will surprise us, you know, like, but I think I, I I lean the way you said, which is, you know, if they thought he was going to be ready, they're probably not, uh, they're probably not pursuing Gabrud unless, Unless they just like Leach is just infatuated with Gabrud, which is always a possibility, right? That he could just be, you know, wow, this kid, I could turn this kid into, you know, a monster. Um, You know, and if he thinks that, then, you know, good for him. I trust him. I mean, he's, he seems to be a pretty good coach. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Like, agreed. Like you said, it's great that he's here this semester and, uh, Especially just from a, if if he is going to be the starting quarterback just from a leadership standpoint, um, I I don't know anything much about his personality, but I it, it's unlikely that he has the personality like Minshew, that you know just to come in and like take control, uh, you know, in such a shaky situation. Like um, I, I, he was he, Minshew, so much about Minshew was kind of a once in a million opportunity, but. But uh, that was one of the things about him. But, but so maybe Cabrud has that same, you know, um, thing around him. I, I know he probably he probably knows a lot of these guys pretty well. Um, uh, in, but he was a, an opponent, and they had for twice for some of these guys. And so that that's something that they'll you know have to talk about and, and get over. And uh, but uh, but yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I, one, one more thing, Jeff. Um, right now, haven't he hasn't even practiced once with WSU? But what are the odds you'd put on Gabrud being the starting quarterback? Ninety percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much along that. Yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I I just I don't think you're bringing him in unless you think he's he's gonna be your guy. Like I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I you know after last season um you know I was convinced that la- you know I, I think a lot of our you know regular readers know that um I I wasn't real high on their chances last year I thought it was maybe like a four or five win team and and that was mostly based around sort of the mental aspect that you know de- overcoming you know the death of Tyler and uh just just sort of all the losses with the coaching staff I just kind of thought you know these are college kids and you know I've seen so many college teams that just can't quite sort of wrap their brains around, you know, adversity and not because they're mentally weak or anything, but just because it's hard, um, you know, and they're young and they're, they're still relatively immature after going, after watching them last season, I finally got to a point where I was just like, you know, <laughs> obviously I was wrong about that. Uh, very, 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 very wrong. Um, but you know, there, there's a part of it where I go, okay, so going forward, you know, do I, 
do I adapt sort of my thinking on that? And I, and honestly, I think I do. I think, you know, Leach has created a, uh, you know, create an environment where, um, players are mentally strong and yes. they are not sort of, you know, fragile and wimpy. And there's a part of me that wants to think, man, what's it going to be like? They bring in a new guy, you know, are Tinsley and Gordon going to be, you know, are there going to be camps where people are split between this guy or that guy, you know, and I, I don't think there are going to be, I mean, I, you know, again, there, there's always a chance that could happen, but, um, you know, I think this program has sort of demonstrated that, Hey, this is how we do things and we're going to bring guys in and, and you're going to compete. And, um, you know, if you don't like it, you can find another program. And, you know, I think they recruit yep. a certain kind of guy that can do that. And so I don't, I don't think that there's going to be much of that. And, and ultimately I think these guys like winning, you know, they've gotten pretty used to it and, yep. You know, after after the last four seasons, I think they're just going to be most interested in whoever's going to help them win ball games. And if that's Gabrud, um, then I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to throw their weight behind that. I'm sure there will be disappointment. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, for guys like Tinsley and Gordon, but you know, those are also two guys who came to the program, I think, without any real expectation that they would ever actually start. I know that that, you know, obviously changed with with Tyler's death, but um, you know, there was there was never supposed to be. A, you know, another quarterback between Luke Falk and, and, uh, Cam and Cooper other than Tyler Alinsky. So, you know, I, I, I tend to think that they're going to be just fine and, you know, the leech is going to manage that pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, uh, th- these teams have shown, um, Apple cup excluded to be oh, extremely God. mentally what? tough, what? What? <laughs> um, what? to be Which one of the toughest teams. About. You know, uh, it it really shows when they play teams like UCLA and they play, you know, they they just beat, you know, even Oregon. Like they, they these kids are are tough and they don't yep. they don't believe that the world owes them anything, and they just out there, you know, ready to kick some teeth in, even though they're typically smaller than the guy across from them, and they, you know, uh, really at least on incredible. defense. Yeah. I I hope that our fans. I mean, I, I don't, I try not to be preachy, right? Like, I, I, I don't think either one of us tries to be preachy, but it's like, I, God, I hope our fans recognize what we're living through right now. Um, because we're about to talk about basketball. And, yeah. you know, it's been 10 years since Tony Bennett did what he did. And it's just pretty much, with the exception of like one NIT season, it's been pretty much trash ever since. And uh, what Mike Leach is doing is special. And I hope nobody's taking it for granted. So there you go, lecture over. Yeah, and I think I think the last uh, the this last season kind of brought over any I mean, even myself or even any who had a, any doubt about like when you put together. I know we still want to see WSU beat UW, obviously, but but to put together an 11 win season and um, like that, it when you know even even the the most uh, in, in the most optimistic people were saying like eight wins, maybe the most people had them six or fewer. Uh, and it just, it, I think everyone, you know, it's kind of, it showed what the program is. It is a program now it's, it's built. There's there. And, and you can plug a, a quarterback in and you can do all this stuff and, and they can handle the most tragic of circumstances, which by the way, I just want to point out since we're, we, you brought up Tyler, we've brought up Tyler multiple times. Um, if, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, uh, there's a really cool thing going on right now called the, uh, three for three burpee challenge. Um, 
I I still owe PJ one. I haven't done it yet. Sorry. <laughs> um, I you and Preston P- both. You guys got to get on with it. PJ PJ in in his PJ in, in his shirtless glory intimidated me. Um, so you know I I, I I've been a little timid. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, um, if you're if you're on any social media, um, all you got to do is film yourself. Um doing three burpees uh um and then uh you know giving a message about mental health awareness um you don't even have to do that actually just just share something uh raising money and then the goal is of course to raise money for Linsky's hope um and yeah um, i i saw jeff's and jeff and your wife sarah um good for you guys and then the kids that was adorable um and uh, do some pretty impressive burpees from the kids. I'm not gonna lie. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like we had to teach them how to do a burpee. They didn't know what they were doing. I think Atticus kind of like here's how you do it. Screen, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was he was kept looking at his brothers like, am I doing it right? Am I yeah. doing it right? <laughs> that's what that's, that's what how little brothers do. roll. Blo- load off screen so no one can see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will but, say that by the way, I I want to say this about PJ like. <laughs> The dude's out there, like, just totally jacked. And I know for a fact that dude drinks, like, as much or more beer than, than we do. Like, and these 12% like, stop. Like, these 12% Oh, my God. He drinks so much of this. So are we, like, I, I don't know. Like, is he is he drinking, like, three sips and pouring the rest down the drain? No, he's in. Or is he just, or is he just like, going out? Does he just drink a beer and then go? We're going to have to figure this out with PJ. No. Does, he, does he drink a beer and then go run 18 miles so that? You know he can keep up that that Air Force physique that he's got going on. I don't no, know. We need we need got, to investigate. This. He's got those. You know he's got those requirements of his size. He but, does. But yeah, he's a pilot. Yeah, I'm. I now I know for a fact I'm not going to pick a fight with PJ. Um, oh, I know. Like when we were in Colorado, and uh, and I was getting a little lippy with some old dude down there at Folsom Field. I knew I had you next to me. I had PJ next to me. <laughs> I had my buddy Joe next to me, who's who's uh, who's a captain in the army. Yeah. I was like, dude, I can run my mouth all day. Ain't nobody gonna mess with me. I got all these dudes next to me. You know, and I know it's hard to tell from the from the video, so I'll just tell everybody. PJ's about six four, so yeah. it's like it's uh it, he's not just he's not just dra- just jacked. He's uh he's tall too. So anyway, I, yeah, I always feel good when I'm around you guys. Cause you and Sherwood and. Man, like BA, you guys are all taller than me, and I'm yeah. not short. I'm six feet tall, you know. And but it, it, I, I'm Kook like Center, the Kook Center crew. I know uh, I'm the little person in the Kook Center crew. Yeah, we're we'd be a, a a really tall, but you know maybe ineffective, but but at least we could fill some of the positions of a basketball team at least. So we uh, should we should do who we should do. Do an old man Kook Center team for Hoop Fest once. Dude, I've wanted to do that for years. Absolutely. Oh, we got to do this. So okay, so next we it's probably too late to get it together for this summer, but next summer we got to get PJ to come back from Germany and get BA, me, you, BA, and PJ, three on three, and I'll just be like standing around like shooting threes while you guys gobble up all the rebounds. Oh, be perfect. You, know, you don't think I can shoot threes? What? Oh, I hey, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying what I'm gonna do because I know <laughs> my own personal limitations. All right. Well, um, <laughs> I know what I can contribute, and that's about it. I have a feeling what that level of quality of basketball would look like. 
So now we're going to transition to talking about basketball, which is some some called the WSU men's basketball team. Uh, after this weekend, it's now called basketball. And we had such high hopes too for like a minute. Well, yeah, and so you know on Thursday, uh, just that super fun game. Uh, I you know so WSU lost ninety eight to fifty to Stanford <laughs> ninety eight to fifty. Um, mm-hmm. I was so Stanford had a chance late on a break to get to a hundred and make it hundred hundred to fifty, and I found myself rooting for them to score. But I have not I have not seen in how, how many years this is the fifth season. I I have not seen an Ernie Kent led defense play that hard on the break like ever and they they did not want to let Stanford get to them <laughs> because they got the ball back and they damn it we box. might be losing by 48 but you will not score that hundredth point so yeah so that's pretty much all that needs to be said about that game um but what's the saving grace of Thursday was much, a little later we saw UW go down to Cal and lose. Like, how crazy was that? Like, I don't even think... It made me feel a little better. The, the, like, that is such an insane upset. Like, that, that, like, that it, in terms of, like, Ken Palm rankings, that's like a 240-team difference. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, it's just crazy. And Cal is not good. But as we found out, WSU... Also not good, which we said last week, it's not out of the realm. It's it's very much within the realm of possibility for WSU to lose that game against Cal. Sorry, the gloom is coming back. Um, so <laughs> Go brush your teeth real quick. Yeah. So it was very possible for uh, WSU to lose that game against Cal, which they, of course, did. So completing uh, of all the <laughs> epic weekends that Ernie has had, that might be like that might have been his greatest achievement of shit. Uh, yeah. uh, that the combo of the ridiculous forty-eight point loss to Stanford, which Stanford is not a good team, and like to lose Stanford. No, Stanford's bad. Yeah, Stanford is a bad team, and 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 they lost them by forty-eight, and then they take a team that they spanked, smacked around uh, two months ago. And, and then they they are not even two months ago, and then they they lose to him. So you know it's it's uh you know it's crazy that they, they still uh they're still oh no actually I think they still have clinched the eleventh spot because Cal only has one game. Uh, but but yes, but but still like just an epically 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 bad weekend. Yeah, it's so you kind of read my mind because I, I I thought okay I wonder if there's been a worse weekend. Um, like not just under Ernie Kent, but all the way back to, uh, the beginning of the Ken Palm era. So, you know, you guys hear us refer a lot to Ken Pomeroy and, and KenPom.com and all that stuff. Um, and one of the reasons why we like to look at it is because, you know, it, it, his adjusted efficiency metric is predictive. And so in other words, it's, um, it really is sort of true, um, you know, measures as best as we can, measures kind of the true quality of a team. Um, not it's, it's not based on, 
you know, resume or, or your record or whatever. It's really just based on your, you know, your points, your points scored, points allowed per possession. Um, and so one thing I, you know, that we really like about it is you can, you can kind of get a sense of how good or bad a loss or a win is. Um, and then you can also kind of go back historically and try and take a look and figure out, um, you know, w- when we look at results, you know, how unexpected were they, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so before we got on, I really, I, I went back and looked and tried to figure out, you know, if there actually was a worse weekend. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I couldn't find one. I went all the way back to 2002, which is when, you know, Ken Pomeroy, um, that, that's how far back his records go. Um, so that's, you know, Paul Graham time. Um, and I, I honestly could not find one uh, that largely has to do with the fact that, uh, the PAC 12 has really never been this week, um, in the, you know, 18 years or whatever that, that Pomeroy has been tracking this stuff. So, you know, if they had a bad weekend, you know, for example, my mind went back to, um, that Arizona game, uh, Ken Bones last year where they scored, you know, whatever, 25 points, um, in 55 possessions or whatever that was. Um, and they lost by, you know, 40 points or whatever it was. Um, you know, and so I kind of went back to that. Well, Arizona was the second ranked team via, you know, Ken Pomeroy's, you know, Pomeroy rating system. So, so that's, you know, I mean, that's bad, but it's also like, I mean, that, you know, Arizona was really good. Right. You know, I mean, there's just, there's nothing that Oklahoma state loss in, uh, you know, Dick Bennett's second year. Right. Oklahoma state was, but they were ranked sixth. Right. I mean, that was a really good team. Like there is nothing like literally there's nothing to, to compare to losing number one by 48 points to the 100. What was at that time, the 104th ranked team. So team like there were, and it's kind of hard to explain to people, but you know, the PAC 12 PAC 10 PAC 12 generally has maybe like one team that's rated worse than a hundred. Like most years you're going to be dealing with like 10, 11 teams that are rated, you know, like below a hundred, right. Or above a hundred. Right. How do you say that? Right. And so that, that's going to be most years. Well, this year there's like, you know, lots of teams in the Pac-12, yeah. Utah, Stanford, you know, California, us, you know, there's lots of teams that are ranked, you know, that low. Um, and as I'm looking, USC is really close at 93. UCLA is really close at 97. Like that is really unusual. So that's, I think, part of the reason why it's never happened. And so to have that happen now with, again, you know, Stanford, you know, rated 104th and, um, you know, Cal rated whatever they are now, 260th after, after beating us. Um, but they were, they were close to 300 before, uh, beating Washington, beating us. And so yeah, there's just, there, there's quite literally nothing, um, about the only thing I think that comes close is just the sheer ineptitude of the 17 game or 18 game losing streak in Ernie's second year, just right. because of the longevity of it. But if we're just talking a weekend, um, this is, this is pretty much as bad as it has gotten in the last almost you know, 20 years. And I will say I'm, uh, hold on. Uh, going on for my second beer. Uh, since you had one beer, I'm, I'm going for a second beer. No, I'm almost uh, thinking I should have brought a second one down from the fridge. If you, if you hear me disappear and you go, Jeff, 
yeah if you'll know that i i ran well, off that's a, I, I that's my thought every week and then i i go no 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 <laughs> uh but this i even put it in a koozie this frame pilsner um so uh i could be ready to go um but yeah so uh so i'm i don't know about you but i've always been and and it, and it took him it was a few years ago that he that ken palm added 2002 um, but yep. uh, I've always been extremely grateful that there's a couple of the Paul Graham years in the Ken Palm sample so that we can because fo- so we can like know the previous low or like the low of the lows of WSU basketball. And then right, we can because we always people, other... people kind of ask, yeah, is this as bad? This isn't as bad as Paul Graham or is it as bad as Paul Graham? We're like, actually, we have numbers. This is as bad as Paul Graham. And yeah, because now actually uh, WSU's ranking went from the 180s to, to 204, I believe, now. And that is chief Paul Graham territory. The worst Ken Palm ranking is the very first year, 2002. Um, uh, or Yeah, and it's 216 um, from Paul Graham uh, with, you know, the likes of Justin Bellegarde and, uh, and uh, Justin Garcia, all the Justins um, uh, leading the way. Somehow Marcus Moore, who knows how. Um, uh <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's so now, you know, after, after the Arizona weekend and after the Colorado win, I was like, okay, they're safely, they're safe. They're not going to drop far enough down now to be yeah. in that realm. But man, this weekend, just put them right there. And now if they have a bad, if they have another bad weekend against the Oregons, that's, um, that there's they, they're right there like and, and then they, so they have three more games assuming they do not win their first Pac-12 tournament game um and three more games to uh jump over the 200 mark um and they've only got about a 60 percent chance of winning one of those games yeah so yeah uh that's oregon and oregon state this weekend uh yeah it's i they're just Oregon obviously wasn't what they we thought they were going to be at the start of the year. Um, but uh, uh, they're still, you know, like you said, a, the a typical Pac-12 team in the in the top, you know, 100. And same with Oregon State. And yeah, they it's it's just uh, after this weekend, I think any of the uh, energy that um in the crowd and you know any any of the student support that they may have built up uh, probably got um kind of squandered uh so i don't I, I i don't see them getting that sort of like support that they were hoping for this last you know senior weekend and uh you know it's it, who knows though with what happened in the, they were at the lowest of lows we thought uh right before the arizona weekend so who right? the heck knows, man? Like, <laughs> who knows? It's, I mean, with when you, you have know, a, it's, a player as talented as Robert Franks, uh, yeah, that that really open. And then even CJLB is very good, and so that opens you up. So if any of the other guys are contributing to 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 be uh, to to beat, you know, I wouldn't say anyone, but you know, teams that are you know ranked in the 60s and 70s, which which are the Oregon schools. Yeah, well, one thing we know with Oregon is uh, Oregon allows a lot of threes, yeah. um, and their um, their two point defense is pretty good. Their three point percentage defense is really, really, really good, even though they allow a ton of threes. So, so that part's a little counterintuitive, but um, 
Yeah, you know, WC will have a chance in the three-point lottery. We talked about that last week. Well, and they uh, did. They'll, have, the, they'll have a shot. This, in the first half against their Oregon, uh, they Yeah, that's they right. Did. I forgot about that. Yeah, they, they – but they, they still – They hit the lottery. They hit the lottery. They still played no defense. Uh, so in the second half when that – when, uh, you know, the, the, the gambler's streak ended – uh, it, it, uh, I think, I think that went from a five point lead to a 20 point loss or whatever. And Oregon does generate a bunch of turnovers too. And that's kind of been a bugaboo lately. Mm-hmm. So if I were, yep. if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd bet that they probably shoot reasonably well, but turn it over a bunch and end up, you know, one of those games where Ernie's like, you know, if we just made a few more shots and it's like, no, no, <laughs> that's probably if you, not. If you had taken enough. a few more shots. Yeah, if you beaten the ball away, and if, if you had gotten more shots up, possibly you could you could you, your your offense would do well. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting to see even when they were playing uh, well before the Utah game last week, they were starting to turn the ball over more, and uh, they've kind of reverted back to the previous year's Ernie ball. Because one of the things that they were doing differently this year, even when they were playing poorly, they weren't turning the ball over as much. Uh, as they had in years past, but now they've kind of, they've really been turning the ball over again. Oh, and they are actually back to being the worst defense in the conference. They had, they had yes, been 11th. They, they have been, they had risen up to 11th. Oh, and now also the number 11 offense in conference play. So, yep. oh, man, uh, what, what is, where's, what is, what, I'm assuming Cal is number 12. What, what are they at? Uh, uh, there's no way that Cal could catch him. Yeah, Cal's really yeah, terrible. <laughs> yeah, so oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah, we allowed a, a team that is scoring, you know, 0.95 points per possession in conference play to score, you know, 1.01 or whatever it was against us, because <sighs> and a team yeah. that's allowing uh 1.12, which is insanely high number, 1.13, insanely high number after the WSU game. And to only score uh, whatever they scored against them, then less uh, around one point per possession. That just, just to like it, it, just an epic failure of a game. Oh no, way less than because it was 76. So it's 76 possessions. Cal had 76 points, so they were right on one. WCU 69 points, so they were well below one. You know, it's just yep. You know yeah. that that seven foot three kid was just all sorts of trouble, I guess. You know. Yeah, the, yeah. The the hundred and fifty pound seven foot three <laughs> dude. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll watch just like you'll watch, and I. I uh, so I'll admit, I, the, I I missed the Stanford game entirely. Oh, uh, me too. And I did not go back in. No, I think I caught. I caught like okay. I didn't miss entirely. I caught the end, um, just out of like car crash like i like you know you just got i gotta see how bad this gets and then the cal game i saw uh a pretty good chunk of um but i i'm I just those are getting you know, i'm not going back to watch that even for even for you guys not for you nope. listeners. i'm not doing that nope i usually will too um i i don't remember where i was i had like a 
like a, I don't know, some kind of kid thing probably. And uh, I was watching the score and I went, nope, never mind. <laughs> like I was going to watch it on the DVR when I got home. And I tried to be an informed fan. You know, I tried yeah. to know what I'm talking about. So I tried to even watch the bad stuff. And I was like, no, nope, nope, not even going to bother watching that. And just one more point, just so we have some sort of analysis for the Oregon State game. They are the best team at the conference, scoring on two-pointers. And WSU is, as we know, absolutely horrendous at defending inside three-point line and is the 11th worst team in the conference at defending two-pointers. Um, so Oregon State's going to have plenty of easy baskets. WSU will have to overcome that somehow if they're going to beat them. Um, it's just going to be layups and dunks all day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and as we can say... Oregon State is not that good of a team, but they're get, probably going to look pretty good against us. So uh, Probably. Yeah. Um, Trace Tinkle's going to win. I, I'm going to predict it right now. Trace Tinkle's going to be the Pac-12 player of the week. Yeah. that's Well, that depends on what he does against UW, which is yeah, I think he'll be a okay horrendous defense. Like, it's just not a fun defense to play. So, no. I, yeah. But if he scores 50 against WSU, then, then yeah. Which is possible. Yeah, they play at a high rate, uh, 70 possessions a game in, in conference play. Um, WSU is not going to do anything to inhibit that. Um, yeah, so, uh, or I'm sorry, we're at 70. What are they at? Uh, uh, oh, no, see. they're actually pretty slow. They're at 67. Never mind. So, actually, but it'll probably be closer to WSU's pace, honestly, because uh, usually when they're playing a team that they know they're significantly more talented against, they're not going to slow the game down. But, um Anyways, that's enough about foreskip ball. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Um, so I, I did want to, before we left uh, the sports segment of this sports podcast, um, I did want to go talk about, uh, there were some, uh, just today, uh, the today is um, when we're taping this podcast, um, so announced changes um, from Brett McMurphy, who um, inexplicably writes for something called Watch Stadium. I don't know how that happened, but okay. Um, but uh, hopefully they're paying. It's, pay it's that. like a station. It's a. It's a. I think it's a streaming yeah, I know. station. I know. I. I. Because we watched. I'm pretty sure that was the station New that carried WSU Idaho game like last year or two years ago or something like that. I, I think like New Mexico State was on there, or something. Maybe. Um, it's yeah, I know. I've definitely watched WSU basketball on Stadium, but but apparently they have a. Uh, a they hired a, one of the better college. Sports reporters, or college football reporters in, in, in the world, in the country, uh, after uh, ESPN let him go. Um, and he reported today uh, that the uh, Las Vegas uh, Bowl is uh, moving on up to um, number three in the Pac-12 uh, tier. Um, and uh, it's going to be moving to the new NFL stadium that's being built for the Raiders. Uh, which it, I think we all expected to happen. I think was was interesting. What we thought was going to happen is that Las Vegas. I, I kind of thought, but you know, certain contracts kind of um, probably um, uh, prevented that from happening. I think a lot of us thought that Las Vegas was going to become uh, the slotted right right underneath the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and I, I the more I thought about it, so that was kind of what I thought too. I was like, that's weird. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, if the Pac-12 championship game is moving there, then it makes a lot of sense that that game would not be the number two game. 
Um, cause I think a lot of us also kind of assume that that's the direction the championship game will go. The PAC 12 has, um, put down some roots there with the basketball tournament makes sense that they would do the same with the football game and get the heck out of Santa Clara, um, and that dump of a stadium. Um, and so with that, it kind of makes sense because you wouldn't want your loser, which loser of your championship game, which often goes to the, not always, but often goes to the number two, um, bowl slot, you wouldn't want that team um, heading right back to Vegas. So I think that makes, I think that helps it make a little more sense. Um, like I said, particularly if, um, if, if indeed the, the championship games can end up in Vegas, like I think most of us believe it will. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, they need to get out of Santa Clara. It's ridiculous. Oh, gross. Um, having a, a 5.30 Friday uh, championship game in the like the worst traffic in the world uh, where it's just, it, it's and pr- like promoting it like the, it's in San Francisco when it's very much not in San Francisco. No, yeah, not it, even it, close. With, with some of the worst turf, uh, um, in like somehow an NFL stadium has some of the worst turf uh, in, in of any stadium like in the country, and it, it just they, they need to get out of there. And Las Vegas is a very obvious choice. I think the Las Vegas ba- basketball tournament has been an you know an excellent uh, move, yep. um, and it just uh, it, it creates a, a nice atmosphere. Um, honestly, the gambling helps. Like, let's we don't have to sugarcoat that. Like, people, like I, 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 I went to the. I, I was happened to be in um in the uh, in the uh, uh, in Vegas in the MGM Grand uh, when it was played in the MGM Grand. Is it still played in the MGM Grand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, I, I was in the MGM Grand uh, while the Pac-12 tournament was happening for a work conference, and I had very little to do at this work conference. Um, so I like, I went and watched, uh, Devante Lacey's last game where they lost by like 30 points. And I, I saw Devante Lacey cry on the bench and it was very sad. Uh, but then the rest of the week, I just, uh, basically, uh, went, went over to the, to the, uh, to the bookie, laid down some bets for the, <laughs> the PAC 12 games then went and yep. lost my ass by the way. Um, but, uh, but, but it's uh, more uh, fun that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then also sidebar, um, I got to meet Ken Pomeroy, and uh, he told me. And at the time, I was writing more about uh, basketball than I used to. And and as some of you may know, Jeff and I have written for a book with Ken Pomeroy before. Um, so um, I think he knew who I was. Um, and uh, I I went over and I and I chatted with him at halftime of one of the games because he does live in the general mountain west region and goes to most games that are in that region um and so i uh i uh, uh chatted with him and uh honestly one of my great moments of my entire life was uh as we were saying goodbye to each other he told me to keep up the good work <laughs> and uh oh man yeah. that is like that's like that i don't know that's like the the mean joe green coke commercial where he's like you know, throwing the jersey at the kid or like yeah. Michael Jordan being like, you know, like playing one on one with you and letting you score about it. But the real life Michael Jordan would never do that. But in a Gatorade commercial, he would. Yeah. Yeah. Let you score. Oh, yeah. My, real life Michael Jordan would be like, you're not beating me. 
like, no. <laughs> real life Michael Jordan would like swat away the seven year old shot like eighteen times. Yeah, seven year old be like, uh, if you gotta are, learn to lose, kid. If you are wonky, beats me. if you're a wonky basketball nerd, um, yes. who uh, you know who who like, I was I was uh I was really mad there was another. So I thought my name was gonna be right next to Ken Pomeroy's on the basketball prospectus, but there was someone else with a P.O. name, and I can't remember who. <laughs> but they, like, so there was separated either. us. I was like, how are there that many people with names that start with P.O. on their last name when they list all the authors? I'm like, that's crazy. I was like, I'm gonna be right next to Ken Pomeroy, right on that list. Like I remember that was the main thing I cared about reading that book. I was like, my name's gonna be right next to Ken's name, but whatever. Yeah. So he, uh, um, yeah, he told me to keep up the good work. Um, Sorry, Ken. I have not. I've rare, I've hardly written anything about basketball in the I think three years, almost four years since that happened. So um, I haven't been inspired much by the uh, the current basketball coach. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, guy. Yeah. Snake oil. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> By the way, if people didn't see PJ's <laughs> PJ's epic this, paragraph, all, this, all all his Sunday morning recaps oh, of see basketball for the last month. It's so been... fantastic. If you oh. haven't seen it, if you, if you haven't been to his Sunday column, HCA, whatever, just kind of, and uh, he has he has just a paragraph in there, just absolutely, um, just neutering. I don't, I don't even I don't have like a good word for it like Ernie Kent just like just absolutely demoralizing and shaming and it's just it's so fantastic I love it. Yep, it is the proper level of salt. Yes. So uh, yeah, now that we've uh, we somehow turned we turned talking about the WS, the the, the Pac-12 bowl structure which we barely talked about. Uh, the rest is how uh, Jeff. You had some comments, on, so ah, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, go go read Jeff's post on Cook Center. He he went into more detail. Uh, we turned that yeah. into talking months once again to shit on Ernie Kent. So that yeah, that's uh, so we turned that back around. Talked about W. Uh, talk, not even I mean, well, Pac-12 football. <laughs> you can't really shit too much on Ernie Kent. Like it's kind of you know, as one does. Right? As one does. Um, yeah, but uh, okay. Well, we should start the count. We we should have started the countdown earlier, but um, then that Arizona weekend happened, and it was like, why you ruined everything? But only there should only be two more podcasts where we actually yep. have to talk. Well, maybe three because we might do a little recap of the season, which um, you, you you'll know I how guess. that goes. Um, so two, maybe three more podcasts maybe, where we have to talk about. Maybe maybe he'll get fired, and then we can like talk about that oh that's gonna be a very special episode of podcast instead <laughs> but but what will probably happen instead is probably like five players will transfer and then we'll talk about that yes um yep yeah because that's uh just from uh we, we don't have to get into it but just it, it from what he i don't know let's get into it what he said specifically that there's things going on. Oh my God! Yeah, team. don't even get me started on that. Okay, well maybe we'll save it for maybe we'll save it for the season recap. But so yeah. I that I fully believe that there are those transfers coming now, and so whatever. Um, basketball. 
hopefully you can once again be basketball, but for now you are basketball. Um, so yeah, uh, so now now that we've talked about sports for a good amount of time, so n- none of you complain. No one ever has. Um, oh shit, well, yeah, we're we're deep. We're we're over an hour already. Wait, we're super deep already. <laughs> should we, what happens? Should we with, skip? Let's see. What should we skip? Should we skip politics and maybe just like skip yeah. ahead to Perry? Screw, yeah, I didn't have that much good to talk about. Poor Luke Perry. Oh my god, oh my dude. Gosh. Pop culture, pop culture. Luke Perry died. Now, see, I didn't even know this. When you told me, when you put that on the show rundown, I was like, wait, he died? Like, I saw yesterday that he had had a stroke, but apparently sometime after that, he actually died from the stroke. Yeah. And I did not know that because I don't, uh, most people I think uh, uh, know that I don't, uh, I don't hang out on the Twitters much anymore. Um, deleted my account some time ago so i don't i don't i don't a lot of times see this sort of real time holy crap kind of stuff that people um that people post so yeah that was that was weird i do remember looking at the article yesterday and thinking like how old he looked i was like wow he looks old and uh, maybe that's not very nice i don't know (laughs) but um, that was just sort of the first thing that popped in my mind and now i feel bad because now he's dead yeah so uh so he's apparently known to uh, this newer generation because he's like the dad in some show on the WB. He he was the hot dad, but uh, from what I remember, and I was probably not of the regular age to watch uh, Beverly Hills 90210, but my parents were pretty young. Like they had me um, in 1985, and uh, they were both like 23. So they like they they watched like MTV Real World and they watch like like I saw a lot of the like if you had older parents they, you probably didn't see any of that stuff but like my parents were like watching MTV and they're watching all the the younger people shows and so I remember watching every single week Beverly Hills 90210 with my mom and because like, that was on the TV and then so uh, uh, so I remember you know Luke Perry and uh, um, and uh, watching him and. Um, you know, the, the kind of a James Dean-esque character, obviously that was his inspiration, the sideburns, um, which made si- sideburns were cool for, for a minute in the, in the nineties. Uh, so yeah, um, I definitely remember that even though I probably wasn't old enough to be watching that show, but I remember Luke Perry and Ian Zeering and, uh, was it Tiffany Amber Thiessen when she was on that show? Right? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. I get the Marrow's place confused a little bit too, but oh uh, no, she was on that yeah, show. So you you were more of the age. Too. She'll always yeah, she'll uh, always be on Saved were, by the Bell were, to me. You but. were more of the age maybe to maybe you at least had friends that watched Now Two One Zero because it was like right when yeah. you were high school and college. Yeah, I mean my favorite memories of Nine O Two One Zero were when I was uh, in my fraternity and we would do Nine O Night with a uh, with a sorority. Like that was kind of oh, then yeah. I had to pretend like I actually cared. Like, but we would we divide them over. They'd sit in our basement. We'd make nachos or whatever, and and just generally look like a bunch of good guys hanging out with a bunch of good looking women. So that was that was sort of that that was sort of my my exposure. Because I mean it'll shock everybody to find out, given my level of pop culture knowledge. Um, that I was not that into 90210. Uh, that was was not something I cared to spend my time doing. But, you know, again, uh, once a week, if there were girls involved, then, you know, uh, that was okay. Yep. Do, 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 do
Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's close enough. Yeah, yeah. The Peach Pit, man. <laughs> the Peach Pit. Everyone hangs out down, down the Peach Pit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, uh, I remember a lot of that. I mean, I was like, you know, 10. Hey, <laughs> but uh, Rich kids have feelings too, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. You Their know. lives are not easy. Well, it's funny. Like, I, I think that just like much of like w, WB, which became like whatever it is called now, uh, CW. CW. Like, was yeah. just kind of a lot of knockoffs of like those shows. Like, you know, of the, like, the rich, cool kids in there, or, you know, it's like, uh, it's kind of funny, um, uh, that, 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 that's kind of been a thing that, you know, uh, or on Fox, they had the, uh, when I was in college, it was, uh, the OC, uh, which was just another version of Beverly Hills 90210, really, and, 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 uh, basically a soap opera with teenagers that they play in primetime, you know, so, uh, and Luke Perry, you know, obviously, uh, he was the heartthrob for, uh, we have any? Yes, he was. Maybe some, maybe some of our listeners, you know, they, um, and, and apparently he was the hot, he was still doing that. He was the hot dad on, uh, shit, what was the show? I'm going to find it. I have his Wikipedia page pulled up. It is uh, called Riverdale. Um, and he's actually still, uh, that show is still going so apparently there's going to be um some uh they, they have to figure out what to do with this character which is very tragic um to uh there's i don't know if he has any kids or anything which would just be horrible um he does he has two kids which to die of yeah he's got a couple yeah that's very sad um yeah strokes are no joke man i mean i i know we're we're la- we're, we're sort of laughing but you know it's awful and um yeah strokes are no joke like when you you know when when you see someone having a having a stroke if you intervene nice and early um they have a really good chance of survival it's just a matter of sort of recognizing the symptoms you know if you see uh you know if someone's complaining you know of a severe headache on one side or um if they start having you know slurred speech or or you know sort of a droopy face on one side or one part of their body's not one half of their body's not working as well as the other half. Um, those are all signs of a stroke. Call 911, get them there. You know, they they do the PSAs on the radio where they're like, you know, seconds save lives with a stroke, which is totally true. Um, you know, when you're talking about a brain and blood flow and all that good stuff, uh, you know, like literally every second matters. So be on the lookout for that kind of stuff because it can happen, even, even fairly young, even though it also appears that um, perhaps he lived a – uh, a fairly full and difficult life, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you notice something's off, man, better safe than sorry. You never know. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, just to end this on a little bit more of a lighter note, I, I saw this story about him that there's an actor, his name's Colin Hanks. I don't, I'm not familiar with him at all. Um, but he had this story, he was on a flight and, uh, it was, um, it, it the, uh, the flight throughout the flight, there was these two kids that were just screaming at each other the whole time. And then about 30 minutes uh, before they land, this guy comes out of first class and blows up two balloons and hands them to the kid or blows up a balloon and hands them to the kid. And they like quiet down. Like they're like, this guy says these kids were about ready to just like explode. And, 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 and Luke Perry just hands them or the guy is Luke Perry and like the, he comes out because the, um, this actor is in line with 
him getting off the or later next to him uh, getting off because I was thinking there's an international fight so I think they were in customs or something um and so he's in line with him and, and then he's like you know hey Luca you know I know you blah 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 and this Luke Perry knew him from something else and he said that he he said that he always carries balloons with him on planes for that exact uh, same reason so um I thought that was a pretty funny story that's about pretty it. smart that is yeah, pretty yeah. smart I like that yeah, yeah that's so a public really service right there yeah as much as you fly you know yeah well, uh, thankfully and thankfully and sadly, I don't know one thing. My my current job, I'm not traveling quite as much. You know, I do miss it, but it is nice to see uh, my daughter and my girlfriend more often. But yeah, uh, those things yeah. are important. Yeah, I guess. Well, so are, so yeah. so is so is airline status, but whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of kids, uh, my uh, it's it's uh, my daughter this week, or actually just. Well, a few times this week, but specifically today, has uh, severely disappointed her mother. Um, so she's getting to the point where she's getting pretty smart, and she can figure things out. Like, like she she eats a banana for breakfast most mornings. So now when she wakes up in the morning, she just starts saying "nana, nana, nanana, nanana, nanana." Like she she knows what's coming. Like she knows she's like. So um, she's figured out, like, you know, cause and some, some bit of cause and effect. Um, so today um, we went to the Y, and they have a thing where you can drop the kids off at the daycare at the Y and while you're working out. And uh, so uh, Amanda had gotten done before me, and so she went to get her, and uh, she, uh, she looked at her, no smile, turned and ran away and went over to like the little daycare supervisor adult and just like ran away and like wanted the supervisor to pick her up because she had figured out like she knows that if mom shows up she has to leave the play area because uh, earlier she had taken her uh amanda had met with her um her good friend who has a, a baby that's pretty similarly aged like five weeks older than b and they were at this thing called toddler time and and b uh be just kind of like she she was you know she she likes adults a lot it's weird like she she just like would talk to all the other parents apparently like show them she really likes ball ball is great basketball tennis ball because if she throws if she throws that the dogs will chase it you know whatever um so she's just showing all the different balls to the different parents that are there but not amanda not her mom and so Amanda is uh, a little mad at her um, tonight when uh, she went to bed. Uh, uh, she was screaming and yelling and, and kind of running away from her mom and going to me and putting her arms up. <laughs> save me, dad. Save me. Oh, which that's how not, it starts. Which is like, I'm just, I just want to be like, no, 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 no. Don't. She's don't learning me. how to pit you guys don't. against each other. So Amanda's like, you're putting her to bed. <laughs> like, so, I, <laughs> so I put her to bed, which of course went just fine. You know, of course. I, uh, I let her pick out the book and she picked Where the Wild Things Are, which uh, you come to memorize quickly. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and she's, she's, yeah, she's, she just like cuddles down with you while you're reading your books. I'm like, this is not so bad. And then I put her down and she had very little complaint and, um, you know, so I, I don't know. Her mom kind of believes she's 
she doesn't like her as much now. And I'm, you know, it's just a, she's just learning that you stop some of the fun sometimes. So <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's what's happened. You know? That's when you get to be like, oh, is mommy not being fun tonight? Oh, let daddy rescue you. Oh, she's already showing some signs of daddy's girl, but. Uh, oh, dude, you're so toast. I know. I'm just like, I want to be, I'm just like, no, no, no. No, I'm just going to start leaving and go into the bar in the evening. Just so, like, <laughs> so, so I'm not around. I'm just going to be like a, a shitty yeah. dad just so that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to deal with like what, you know, poor, poor mom. Like she, it, it, it hurts her a lot more if, if she's not, you know, the favorite. So I'm like, <laughs> let her be the favorite. Like right. we can just do fun stuff occasionally, but you, you just, uh, you know, that's, you know, the problem with me being not traveling as much, you know, before I, I was, uh, I was gone a lot. So she get attached to mom and now I'm, I'm there all the time. And, uh, she, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I'm hoping that that's just a little phase and, and, and I'll, I'll start doing some of the, some of the bad guy thing, which I do a lot of the bad guy things. So I don't know why she, she uh, uh, picks out mom, but uh, um, you know, hopefully we can turn it around, and then she can start asking to, <laughs> her mom to pick her up instead of asking me to pick her up or a random stranger. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, don't kids are coming to me. I'm like, man, don't look at me. Like, like you better take that up with your mother because that's not even. I'm not even getting in the middle of that. Yeah, exactly. And she can't even talk. She says like. 10 words right now and they're they're oh, but you know none of the words but you know exactly yeah. what she wants you know yeah. exactly what she's after yeah. yeah right about you jeff i know you've been busy uh, we had our festival of birthdays last weekend so i i can't remember if i mentioned this on the podcast last week or not but uh, we have so yeah so my oldest uh, my oldest birthday is on uh, March 2nd. My youngest birthday is on February 29th. He's a leap year baby. So we have two birthdays, uh, one with a kid who just turned 12, another one with a kid who just turned seven uh, within just a couple of days of each other. So we ended up uh, celebrating birthdays all weekend, which means uh, I'm, I'm still actually pretty tired and uh, I'm still kind of recovering from, from the long days. The good news is neither one of them wanted a party which was weird um i'm like are we related are you sure <laughs> you know i'm like i'm like i'm always down for a party um but they uh, they didn't want to so we uh so so joshua my older uh, had one friend come over and we took him to red robin and then we took him to uh this place at the mall called play live nation which is basically rented you know video game space you you sit in front of a a screen and you can play video games for hours um which he loves and then uh, the next day we went, uh, drove up north and went to uh, went to uh, trample the the infamous trampoline park. Ooh, which I don't want to calling yeah. back to the maybe oh, the episode even. God, he wanted the trampoline park, so we so we went to the trampoline park. Atticus wanted the trampoline park, so we went there. Um, nobody ended up injured, so that was good. Um, we uh, let's see, we ate it, ate it at five guys and. Um, oh, we went to the the Funko store, which is so that was yeah. that was the big thing that Atticus wanted. He wanted to go to the Funko store up at Everett. So um, he was on a mission to find the uh, Funko Hulkbuster. Um, and so lo and behold, we got up there because last time we were there, they did not have one. 
And so we got up there and, and they did have one. So he got his Funko Hulk Buster, Marvel Hulk Buster so, figure just, thing. And just uh clear for point of clarity, is Hulk Buster the like Iron Man Hulk? Yes, the Iron Man Hulk. Okay. Um, and it's actually metal. So a lot of their stuff's like vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so if you follow me on untapped, you would see that on my desk, I have a couple of vinyl Funkos, one of Walter Payton, one of Brian Bosworth, which I think are just totally hilarious. And, uh, so, you know, the, but this one's metal and it's actually really heavy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wow, this thing's heavy. Um, so anyway, so he got that and, and he got to go jump around and, um, and I got to go to Skookum, get another beer. So, uh, so that was good. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, so it was productive. It was, uh, 10 hours or 11 hours away from the house on Sunday. So, uh, didn't get a lot of grading done. Didn't get a lot of anything else done, but, but by golly, uh, I think my kids felt valued and, and, uh, and celebrated, which is, which is really all I was going for. There you go. Excellent. Uh, Jeff is a great parent, everyone. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but I, but I am willing to take my kids to a location where they can buy and do ridiculous things. And, um, so yeah, so if that, if that makes me a great parent, then yeah, I'm, 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 uh, the world's greatest dad, which is another thing you would see on that untapped photo. I am the world's greatest dad because my yeah. kid made mug that says so. Um, I recall giving my dad a keychain like when I was like, 10 that said he was the world's greatest dad so i don't know when this happened when you usurped it i'm sorry i took i I took it i took the mantle and i will if i have to i'll fight your dad my dad is (laughs) roughly the same size as me so good luck yeah but he's but he's old and fast he's like he's like he's got he was born in 61 he's old yeah, so he's he's probably, he is he is a he's a garbage man though. He he's not he's not uh he's not in some cushy blue collar job. He's I still he's slinging he's slinging cans. Actually the the truck slings. This the truck slings. <laughs> the truck does it now. <laughs> That's right. You know now they got the the arms that come out and grab the garbage can and then yeah. dump it over the top. He does have to get out and like <laughs> grab random stuff off the ground sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he's probably I, he's probably ten years out from the last time he was actually really slinging garbage cans. Oh yeah, and they they don't put a they don't put a fifty eight year old guy like in the <laughs> you know in the, in the throes of things you know because actually he had just a, as a side he he had, had a knee injury and they had him on his older route which was a lot more strenuous and they had to move him because like you know once you get that old and you get an injury it doesn't quite heal the same way. Uh, that it used to so uh yeah so um that's garbage man life um but yeah um yeah i think uh it's pretty good for this one we'll try to come in uh we were a little long oh yeah we're we're good on time um yeah, we're doing I, okay and i won't i won't rant you know like i did you know now even though i've had two beers and i'm feeling pretty good and because i don't I eat much because i'm on a diet so i've probably consumed as many calories in these two beers as I've had all day. So um, <laughs> I made that joke last week, so it's fine or whatever. Yeah, but uh, it's but still yeah, true. Yeah, it, it's still true, and it, and it will continue to be true. I have lost seven pounds, and I need to pretty much uh, do that ten times, and then I'll be happy. Um, Good work. Yeah, uh, so um, 
yeah um thank you for listening um something i don't mention is uh you can reach out to us at uh i haven't mentioned as much uh the at our uh, gmail account podcast uh versus everyone with the bs at gmail.com um uh you questions comments whatever um i've gotten a couple twitter comments about the podcast and i've incorporated them into um the shows so uh if you have a comment i'll probably incorporate in the show like uh, jeff does a lot of the uh, technical stuff but i uh i kind of lead the you know i am i am the uh the the lead host here and i put yeah, together the i put together the itinerary and uh itinerary and uh um you can you can find yourself in that if you uh, if you send us an email podcast for everyone at gmail.com or at my twitter at the craig powers um of course at coog center you can also do that um uh jeff sees that sometimes uh probably at me it'll be more safe but uh at at coog center uh, we if you have any questions or comments or topics you'd like us to bring up um we'd be happy to do that we have no organization uh we come up with everything about five minutes before the podcast starts so um you know, if not- <laughs> Shh. <laughs> that's our secret but yeah um again uh five star ratings all around wherever you listen to us five star rating please um and if you can write a little comment that says like jeff has a sexy voice or whatever that that'd be great too um, yeah, lies are lies are always good. Yeah, lies are good. Lie as much as you possibly can, because um, uh, of course, if you're giving a five star rating, uh, that in itself is a lie. Um, yeah. So uh, and also subscribe, subscribe. Um, if then you just get it automatically sent to you, um, and then you can like listen to it while you're uh, jogging on the treadmill or um, snacking on Cheetos or driving in your car, whatever, whatever you know. Wherever you listen to it, I don't care. I don't care where you listen to it. Um, you know, at a at a, at a at a at a bat mitzvah. I don't know. Like, where, where maybe it's boring. Maybe maybe you had a really shitty movie, and you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna listen to a podcast instead. This is so bad. Um, I you know do that too, because podcasts won't bother anyone around you. No. Um, yeah. Uh, but when you do that, subscribe and give us a five star rating. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, We'll be back next week. Uh, continue with our uh, spring preview. Um, probably DBs, maybe. What do you think, Jeff? DBs, maybe yeah. next. DBs yeah, that are sounds good. Yeah, one of those one of one of those positions that are on the field. Um, we'll uh, we'll recap whatever happens in basketball. Uh, we might talk about politics even, as long as uh, you know we don't ramble too much about Ernie Kent. Because <laughs> <And then>, uh, <laughs> Ernie Kent is so exciting. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Can never get enough of talking about how shitty he is. <laughs> oh, never, never enough. Um, and But also, I'd love to stop talking about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, everyone. Um, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.